0: Freedom Stories brought to you by Refuge Ministries Canada. For the next half hour, your hearts will be filled with hope as you hear real-life stories from individuals that have been changed by the power of God. Enjoy the show.
1: Welcome to Refuge Freedom Stories. I'm your host, Johnny T. And today my guest is Jim Bernard. He's a pastor and the founder of Tiller Coaching. He offers coaching to those who are suffering the reality of the expectation gap where disappointment, dissatisfaction, and distress can cause real damage. Jim is also the author of the book, The Suffering Guy, the story of his wife's rare chronic illness that set in three months after their marriage, and how this reality has strengthened their faith and changed their mindset about everything. Jim, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, Johnny. I appreciate that. That's a great lead in. It's great to have you here. Thanks so much. It says a lot about who you are, what your background is, that you're a man of faith. So why don't we start with that? How did you become a man of faith? And and I know that you and your wife were both in that mindset when you got married back in 2006, I believe it was. Yep. Tell me about your journey of faith. Were you raised in a Christian home or did you find Christ on your own terms? Like, How did that happen?
2: Yeah, good question. I grew up in a broken home. My folks got divorced a officially when I was in sixth grade. But there was a uh, just a lot of conflict and chaos in the home before that. And I had come to Christ, you know, one of those sermons that's like, hey, hell's a terrible place, you should avoid it. So choose Jesus, he's the way to heaven, you know, yeah, at about fifth or sixth grade, I'd given my life to Christ and under one of those deals. But it wasn't until like a few years later, I did not respond well to my parents' divorce. I really felt like just nasty, weird emotions, and no one was really trying to help me through it. And I frankly just shut down. I I became a selective mute, I guess is the term. I didn't talk at any given point unless, you know, someone like made me or I didn't I didn't want to be rude. You know, I would talk when I had to. But eventually, after several years of just living that fashion, kind of hopeless and depressed, i had started going to a youth group and I met a, a youth pastor who was quite literally the coolest person I'd ever met. I went begrudgingly. I just went to honor my dad because he, he wanted me to. And I was like, that's fine. I'll go. But I'm not going to participate, you know. But eventually I got to know this youth pastor and he started to spend a lot of time with me. He, he really invested himself into me. And I just thought, man, like this feels so good. I feel like I have value for the first time in a long time. And that summer is when I, like, finally gave my life to Christ for real. Not not just to have Jesus in the then and there of heaven, mm-hmm. but to have Jesus in the here and now. And I'm so thankful for what he did for me because, you know, I was a sad sack of a kid. I was, like, quiet, mute. I didn't ever talk. And I graduated from high school. And I don't know if uh, you guys do this up in Canada. Senior year superlatives, the, like, best dressed, best hair, you guys do that in your yeah, book? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah,
2: You guys aren't that much different. No,
3: not really. Uh, <laughs>
2: But uh, I got voted class clown and most likely to become famous. There that, you go. that really isn't a humble brag. That is the transformation that Christ made in my life. Like yeah. sad sack kid that won't talk to class clown that won't stop talking. And so that's how I met Jesus. And he transformed me. And I, I was really grateful for the things he was doing. And honestly, I had no idea how he would use all of this childhood trauma, maybe like problems, issues in my adulthood. Like I had, I had no idea how it was going to play out.
1: But I think that God allowed that in your life to develop that in you so you you can offer that to people who need to hear that and day and age. It's a void of value. If you want to call it that everything just has to be so quick and so entertaining and so flashy and so on, but where's the depth in that? There's no depth in that, right?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Well, I couldn't agree more with that. You know, we're such an instant gratification type of people. And, you know, I think life was designed as like the slow burn and there's nothing like suffering to, you know, exemplify a slow burn because that's kind of what my story is all centered around, is being a suffering guy. You know, I I guess to take my own segue here. I ended up getting married when I was about 28 years old. And man, I was ready for marriage. I was like excited about what that life was going to be. I had pretty high expectations about, you know, how much money we were going to earn and like all these vacations we were going to go on and mm-hmm. uh, the kids we were going to have and all this great stuff that I had high expectations on. And then three months into our marriage, my wife got super sick. It just life fell apart at first it seemed like it was just a stomach flu cuz she couldn't like keep any food down she was just mm-hmm. puking and puking but after a week or two it just like it became obvious that there was a real problem that there was something more at play and we quickly found ourselves up at the Mayo Clinic in Rochester Minnesota mm-hmm. this world renowned clinic that had all the experts and all the best tests and you know we were excited to have uh, supposedly the best care but this was petrifying to us in fact i started when alicia got sick it was like i just wanted to revert back into that mutated kid you know like Mm. i'm I'm not gonna i'm not gonna talk like i'm isolating i'm just shutting down because all of it was too much for me but the difference between this time and last time was that i had a, a church community that knew me and loved me and they were like willing to like sit with me like they stood beside me actually they they held my arms up when i was weak and weary and it was just really significant how they loved me and obviously alicia as well through an incredibly tough season it was it was Mm. not fun months she was up there, I had burned through all my vacation time with the wedding and the honeymoon. So I had to be really selective about when I could be up there with her. And we had some family members that were willing and more available. So, you know, they would chaperone Alicia and be up there so she didn't have to be alone. I was there for the first 15-minute appointment with the managing doctor, and he just asked all the normal questions like, what's going on with you? What's your family history? Tell me about, you know, you're mm-hmm. growing up, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And then Alicia did dozens of the world's most humiliating, terrible, just brightening tests that you could ever imagine. She did all this terrible stuff. I mean, honestly, humiliating. And at the end of the three months, we you know, had another 15 minute appointment with that managing doctor. And so I came up for that and he walked in and he didn't waste any time. He walked in and said, well, Alicia, here's the deal. I think you're a ruminator. And I'm typically not the smartest person in the room. So it took me a little bit longer to figure out what was going on. Alicia jumped right on it. She's like, I'm sorry. You think I'm a ruminator? Do you think I'm crazy? Do you think I'm nuts? And the doctor's like, no, not nuts, no, not crazy. I just think there's some emotional things in your past that you haven't dealt with. And you know, if you got counseling, all this physical stuff would go away. And I'm mm. I'm sitting there like, oh wait, what are we talking about? This <laughs> makes no sense to me. So I'm sitting on my hands. Alicia's fighting and advocating for herself, which is great. She really didn't need me, but I wish I would have been able to speak up because my wife is the most like emotionally and mentally sound person I've ever met. Like she's the real deal in so many ways. And this guy's making this weird judgment and I have no idea why. And so, you know, Alicia's asking all these questions and finally he reveals, well, you you revealed that there was some abuse in your past, you know, in your childhood. And, you know, I've just seen this a lot with children, especially girls of of abusive parents that, you know, you're going to have illnesses like this. So we just need to address that and, and you'll be better. And once again, like Alicia's done a ton of counseling, like I knew all about her childhood and all this stuff. And I'm like, no, that doesn't make any sense. Like, she's amazing. So Alicia's like, well, what about the biofeedback? What about the sweat test? What about all these awful things you did to me? Like, how did they turn out? And he's like looking at the charts and the results for the first time right there in this room, like, oh, yeah, that is pretty interesting, huh? How about (laughs) that? And it's like, he just made his decision based on this first 15 minute interview and then had her go through all this garbage. So he's like, I'm sorry, I'm out of time. 15 minutes are up. If you need a referral to a counselor, let my office know. And we were gone. And it was very dejecting on our drive home. But when we got home, we had been referred to Mayo by a GI doctor in our area. So we had to go meet him because he was really curious about what happened. And this doctor, you know, started looking through all these test results and notes and whatnot right there in the room as we're sitting with him. And man, I, I'm not the puker in the family. Alicia is like, if, if, if anyone's going <laughs> to throw up, it's hurt. But I'm sitting in this meeting, like about ready to throw up because I'm so pensive. Because I'm like, is this guy going to affirm what the Mayo expert said? Mm-hmm. that you're a ruminator and you know part of me actually kind of hopes that she would be a ruminator that seemed easier than what I was imagining was happening like what was wrong with her body and eventually he looks up from all of this paperwork and he looks directly at Alicia's eyes and is like honey it's not in your head it's in your gut and I'm so sorry that this man treated you like this but it was worth it you going up there I have all the the results I need mm-hmm. uh, Like it would, it would have taken me years to get all this stuff. Like this is the best information we could have ever hoped for. And we're going to start making decisions. And Mm -hmm. so long story short, Johnny, she's got a a, a connective tissue disorder. It's called Ehlers-Danlos syndrome. If you've ever seen a contortionist, someone who can bend their joints in any direction, they've got that same disease. They just have what we call the cool version because they've got, (laughs) you know, hyperflexibility in their joints and they can go to parties and be like, Hey, look what I can do. This is crazy. Right? Yeah. But Alicia's version is generalized in her abdomen. So, just Mm -hmm. everything in her core is loosey goosey. There's no muscle tone pushing food through her Mm -hmm. digestive system. Mm -hmm. So, that's why she was puking so much. She would eat something, it would go down, and then it would get clogged up. It would stay there sometimes for days, for weeks. And then anything else she would eat, there would just be no room in the end. So, Mm -hmm. she would just puke Mm -hmm. and puke, right? And then also, all of her core organs prolapse, they fell out of place and are all now kept in place by cow tissue and meshing and tacks like this is real this is unbelievable it was very scary but this kind gi doctor put us on a path to like try to figure it out and treat the symptoms as good as possible but the reality is is there's nothing that can cure this disease Alicia's just going to be sick for the duration of her life We've been married for 16 years and she's like pretty much gone straight downhill ever since, you know, getting sick. And I mean, she's maybe 70 pounds, you know, on a on a good day. She's skin and bones, man. She there's not much to her. She's incredibly fragile. You know, I I guess now's a good time to finally answer the question I think you were asking. (laughs) Over the last 16 years, it has been awful. It has been absolutely miserable and trying on every single level. But we have tried our best to pay attention to the things that God is doing or has Mm -hmm. done. Mm -hmm. And I have seen God work in absolutely absurd ways, like Mm -hmm. absolutely absurd ways. And we've got a miracle baby, like we've got a son, and it makes no sense, like literally is a miracle. It's probably the greatest story I share in the book. He's now 12, which is wow. crazy to me. I knew Jesus and I loved him. But now that, uh, you know, we've been walking this path of suffering, I like actually need him. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. I, before mm-hmm. I wanted him, but now I need him. And mm-hmm. I think that distinctive makes a huge difference. I also think that it's really hard to understand what hope is until you experience suffering. The same way that, yeah, like the the sun goes away every single day and that's when we have night. We wouldn't probably have a word for daytime if there wasn't night. In the same way, I don't know that we would know what hope is. If we didn't have suffering. You know, to that level, I'm I'm really grateful that we've experienced all this suffering. Like it's not the story I would have written in my life, but it's a story that God wrote and I can trust him with it. And if I pay attention, I can see the absurd things that he's doing. And I'm I'm really grateful. I don't think I'd be a pastor if if it wasn't for all this. I definitely wouldn't be doing what I'm doing today if it wasn't for all this. And it's a privilege to be able to serve people with my story.
1: You know, there's some things that came to mind when you were talking about that. I will correct you on one thing that you said that Mm -hmm. there's no way that she'll be healed, right? In this world, maybe not. But we know that our God is a healer. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I know you've heard that phrase over and over again, I'm sure, over the years as as your wife. Mm -hmm. But one of the things I was thinking about before we started our interview was the story of Lazarus. And Mm -hmm. I'm a firm believer in what Jesus said. He said that this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son Mm -hmm. of God may be glorified through it. And just what you're talking about shows me that God has revealed a side of his character of hope and love and faith through this suffering that both of you can use to reach other people who are going through really dark times. And we all know about the story of Job. and, And today I was reading in Psalm 73, and I just pulled it up here. It says, have I been foolish to play by the rules and keep my life pure? Here I am Mm -hmm. suffering under your discipline day after day. I feel like I'm being punished all day long. If I had given in to my pain and spoken of what I was really feeling, it would have sounded like unfaithfulness to the next generation. When I Mm. tried to understand it all, I just couldn't. It was too puzzling, too much of a riddle to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then at the end, he goes on and he finishes up and he says, uh, I'll keep coming closer and closer to you, Lord Yahweh, for your name is good to me. I'll keep telling the world of your awesome works, my faithful and glorious God. Yeah. And there's just so much around us that needs to hear that no matter what people are facing, God is still there, whether it's physical need, whether it's a spiritual need, whether it's an emotional need, whether it's financial, it doesn't matter what it is. God is. One of the things that has consumed me this year is that God is. He is. It doesn't matter what the situation is you're facing, (laughs) He is, right? Yeah. Final, period. It's done. He is. So no matter what you're going through, He is. And so when I'm praying, you know, I'm saying, God, like, here's all these things I'm praying about. But God, you are. You can do whatever you want. You are. Let your plan plan come. Let your glory flow. Let your purpose be revealed, right? And I can see that in your story.
2: Yeah. Johnny, I'm glad you challenged me on that. You know, I still stay firm on what I said, but the heart behind it is, I think, really important. Thinking of all those set of scriptures that you brought up, John 9 talks about, you know, Jesus walking with his disciples and them coming across a blind man. And the disciples are like, hey, Jesus. We've been wondering, like, so long, whose sin caused this? Was Mm -hmm, it his mm -hmm. sin, or was it his parents' sin? Like, finally we get to know, and you can just almost hear the disdain in Jesus' voice, like, oh, guys, come on. It's not because of his sin or his parents' sin. It's so that the power of God can be on display through him. And then Jesus decides to heal him. And, you know, this young man runs into the city and tells his story. It's pretty simple. Once I was blind, but now I can see. He just repeats that over and over. Again, I love that so much. Like, you know, I'm not going to lie, Johnny, I want Alicia to be healed. Mm-hmm. But I'm not sure that that's the best way that the power of God can be on display. I don't have any evidence for it. I have to trust him that the power of God is on display more through us being stuck in suffering. I say stuck, I mean, like in an earthly sense, but we live here just temporarily, man. You know, I'm, I'm already thinking about the, the next one. You know, I'm not like trying to speed through it, but, you know, like my wife will be healed. Probably not here, but, you know, in, in heaven. And the power of God is going to be on display through her. Like us being able to share our story on different podcasts, you know, through my ministry, my coaching ministry, through my book, The Suffering Guy. The power of God is on display and it's helping people, I think. And I'm really grateful for it. Like I say this quite frequently to people I coach, like this makes no sense. We've had hundreds of nights in the hospital, dozens of surgeries. She's essentially died on me twice. Like I've Mm. held her lifeless body in my arms Mm. and all of that stuff is too much for me. Like I literally hate it with every fiber of my being, but I can truly say to you with like full earnesty that I'm really grateful for it. Like. God has used our pain to give us a platform to Mm. share a story that God's written. And I wouldn't trade anything for it. Like, I I do want Alicia to be healed. (laughs) And she's like the most amazing, dynamic woman. And it's hard having her be so, you know, confined, you know, at home, on the couch. Like, she can't drive. She can't work. You know, she doesn't have a ton of energy to be able to do a a lot of things. Um.
1: But, you know, her voice and her story carry much further than she could physically take it herself.
2: She's amazing. Like, she really is an inspiration to so many people, even though she's just stuck in sickness. It's not what either of us want, but it's also an invitation to not take ourselves too seriously. Mm-hmm. It sucks for us, but it's not about us.
1: No, that's right. And I think that we have to remember that we are basically representations of Christ in this world. As flawed as we may be and as struggling as we may be at times, his gifts and calling are without repentance, right? You know, he's called you to this place in this time to tell that story about God's faithfulness and God's love. And I can guess without a shadow of a doubt that there are times when God. God has revealed his heart to the two of you in a way that many of us will never experience in our mm-hmm. lives you know because mm-hmm. of your faithfulness to him as you said like this life is so short people need to understand that you know on every day that we breathe and he allows us to live here on this life he's as close as us asking us to be there and we just yeah. need to reach out in faith
2: absolutely man i like what you're saying man we're on the same page so <laughs> that's good
1: yeah. So it's funny because, you know, God can answer us in ways that we don't even really expect or see. Yeah. And mm. I'll tell you, there's times when it floors me and it's such a blessing, but I can see God's love in you guys too. Like it's there. And I, I want to encourage you, like don't ever give up that fight. <laughs> Absolutely. Man,
2: it is my life's calling now to share our story and to help people that are walking similar paths. So my coaching ministry is called Taylor Coaching. And I give away my time as a freelance pastor. Mm -hmm. Like I worked in the church for 10 years and that was awesome. But I'm I'm called to this where I give away my time and it's very similar to counseling, but more intimate. It's like, you know, I get to be authentic and they get to be authentic. I, Mm -hmm. I get to coach them through what I call their expectation gaps. So we all have hopes and expectations for career, for marriage, for any part of life. And often reality comes in underneath that. And this gap is really hard for us. It's incredibly challenging. It's full of disappointment and dissatisfaction and distress. And those are things we shouldn't walk alone in. Like this is all fancy lingo for suffering but I Mm -hmm. just coach people through their suffering. Like this is not the thing I wanted to do with my life initially, but it's everything I want to do with my life now. Like I'm an expectation gap expert. Doesn't that sound awesome?
1: Yes, it does. (laughs)
2: I'm going to put that on a business card.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. You know, it's just such a blessing that people for many, many years have heard that Christianity is all, you know, sunshine and roses and no issues. Everybody's happy, Mm -hmm. big plastic smiles and stuff. And I think God's just tired of that. And he's just saying, you know what? My people will suffer. You can read the Old Testament. My people suffer. And he said, but I'm there for them, no matter what it is they're going through. I'm there for them. And, you know, we just need to take that little step. And he's that close.
2: Yeah, he absolutely is, man. And this is what I'm saying. It's absurdity what I've seen God do just by paying attention a little bit, slowing down some and looking for him like he really has shown up. And, you know, this podcast obviously isn't long enough for me to share all those stories. But that's why I wanted to do this book.
1: Okay, so tell me where people can find out about your freelance ministry and where they can get your book. Awesome. So. Thank <laughs> you. Tillercoaching.org is the coaching ministry. And honestly, you can
2: connect to the book through that website. You can book appointments with me, like literally just book something. There's no charge. Like, I honestly mean that. I, I raise my own funds to be able to give away my time like a missionary would. Just my mission field is suffering people. So um, if there's anyone out there that's you know feeling the weight of an expectation gap, I would love to help. I only coach men or couples because um, I'm not trying to coach women. It's just a little bit too intense for that. Yeah, and then the book is The Suffering Guy, and there's links to that. I've got a little Bible podcast that I've done a few seasons of, and all that can be seen through tillercoaching.org.
1: Okay, now I'll leave you with one last question. If you're going to (laughs) tell people one thing about God, what would it be?
2: (laughs) God is present. I think it's easy to feel like forgotten or forsaken by God, but he's here. Like, I really think the narrative of Elijah going out to hear God and there was the wind and there was the earthquake and there was the fire, but God was not in any of that. It was the still small voice. Mm -hmm. It is worth slowing down and finding some silence, cutting out the noise to hear him. I've heard him in so many different ways and different places and he's changed the trajectory in my life based on these things. So I think that's what I want to encourage people with. So yeah, God is
1: present. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for being on the show. I really appreciate you being here and we'll definitely have to get you back another time.
2: Man, Johnny, that sounds good, man. I appreciate it. Thanks so much.
1: Okay, God bless.
2: You too.
3: For anyone who's doubting Your back's against the wall Prayed a thousand prayers You don't think he's heard at all The pressure's unrelenting Time is running out on you There's good news There's good news For anyone who's it. Wants to run and hide. Questions and regrets eat you up inside. You try to escape it, but it's a mess you can't undo. There's good news. There's one who's praying, a miracle will come, Open against hope, and God is not yet done, just stand again believer, if you're breathing he's not through, there's good news, oh there's Darkest, that's good news.
0: I hope that you have enjoyed the last half hour as much as I did. Thank you again to Refuge Ministries Canada for hosting the show. So until next Friday, may God richly bless you with peace, love, and happiness. We at Refuge Ministries are so blessed by the success of Refuge Freedom Stories and podcasts. In addition, we focus on youth prison ministry, release kits, and many other diverse outreaches to the needs of our community. As a nonprofit, there are many costs involved, however, and we are asking for your support. Financial gifts can be made via our website at www.refugeministriescanada.com or by calling 519-701-0108. Your giving makes this work possible, and we thank you in advance for your support. That's 519-701-0108. God bless you.